How about now? Yes. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Okay, I don't know about you, but, um, or actually, before I even do that, my name is Sean, by the way. <laughs> I'm one of the pastors here on the staff. Pastor James, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, when you were kind of doing the prayer piece and you said a phrase and it triggered something in my mind, you said, oh no, the Egyptians are coming. <laughs> do you remember this? That was one of our classic lines in praiser size. Do you remember that praiser size thing? So I was having bad flashbacks in church while you prayed today, so thank you for that. Uh, unbelievable, but uh, welcome to Callwood Church. It is great to have you here. And for those of you who are new, whether in the house or online with us, you're probably thinking, praise size, what is that? <laughs> Just Google it and you'll have a good laugh, uh, but it'll be, uh, it'll be all right. <laughs> no, let's not play it. Uh, that, that would not be fun. <laughs> um, one thing that I want to uh, let you be aware of is that this coming Wednesday, we are getting back into a rhythm of continue the conversation. Continue the conversation was a Wednesday night get-together online for those people who are willing to have a further discussion off of the messages that we're speaking here on Sunday mornings. So continue the conversation is kicking off again this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And so if you want to join an online community, you'll have an opportunity to talk to people. You'll get to share your opinions and your thoughts and things that have been happening all around us. So we hope that you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to find a link with that uh, on our webpage. And so please take advantage of that. But we'd, it'd be great to have you there. So on the night of April 14th, um, Harold Cottom became known as a hero Without even knowing it, um, due to other responsibilities on his shift, he missed a critical piece of communication that was, well, was quite essential. After his shift ended at midnight, he thought, I'm going to check one more time the transmitter to see whether or not there were messages left. And sure enough, to his, his uh, like surprise, there were several messages left for him. At 12.11 a.m., now on April 15th, um, he received a distress signal that, in, that needed immediate attention. The vessel, the RMS Carpathia, under the captain's now uncertain approval, set course for a four-hour journey. The vessel, though, arrived one and a half hours too late to see a watery graveyard, no sign of a vessel, but people floating in the frigid water of the Atlantic. It was absolute chaos and darkness. A few minutes earlier, at 11.40 p.m., this now-disappeared vessel um, struck an iceberg while on its maiden voyage. But at 2.20 a.m. that following morning, the vessel broke apart. 2,224 passengers and crew were now, were now at stake. In fact, 1,514 of them were dead. 710 of them were alive. You've probably guessed it by now. But we are talking about the Titanic. The RMS Carpathia was floating through this watery graveyard, but rescued 710 people, all because of this gentleman, Harold Cottom. Had he not responded to that distress call, everybody would have been dead. But what he was doing is he was doing his job, and that night a hero was born. But listening to that story of the Titanic and Harold Cottom and, and responding, it makes me ask this question today. It makes me wonder who in our world right now is sounding a distress call. 
Who in our world today around you is placing a distress call out because they are in need of some help? Can you think of maybe situations or people in your world that are sending out a distress call today? And so this morning, we're going to jump into a brand new series, and I want to start with that illustration, but I'm going to take us to the Word of God. And in Matthew chapter 13 is where I want to spend my time today. As we launch this new series, this is the foundational text of what we're about to do. So if you have your Bibles, which are great, how many of you know Bibles are a good thing? Yes, yes, should read it, should use it, it's great. Uh, But today, if you don't have your Bible, it's all good, because on the screen we have some words here for you too, but it says this, his disciples, and his disciples means Jesus' disciples. Jesus' disciples come to him and ask him, hey, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? How many of you have ever asked Jesus, like, why do you teach that way before? Have you, has anybody ever asked that? It's like, why do you say some of the things that you say? His own disciples were asking the exact same question that day. So Jesus replies, you're permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. But to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have, it's going to be taken away from them. That's why I talk to you in parables. Are you encouraged yet? But listen what he says. Jesus says this, for they look, but they do not see. Do you look at a lot of things, folks? Think about this. Do you look at a lot of things? But let me ask you a better question. Do you see what Jesus is trying to point out to us today? He continues that they hear, but they don't really listen or understand. I'm guilty of that. I don't know about you. And, but this fulfills the, prof- the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. And when you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So Jesus decides to take another parable which I'm going to use here today in Matthew chapter 9. In just a few verses, this is what it says. So Jesus travels through all of the towns and the villages of that area and he's teaching in the synagogues and he's announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw crowds, it says that he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Will you pray with me as we've read the word of the Lord today? Jesus, I thank you so much for what you've been doing here this morning. I pray that right now, though, we would hear the words of Jesus because we've already been told there are going to be some of us who don't hear it. We don't want to listen to it. We're not going to understand it, but... I pray supernaturally that you today would unveil our eyes to not just look but to see what you're doing and not just to hear but to listen and to understand. For all my friends who are with us today, I'm asking that you will help us in this prayer so that you could speak a truth to us today. So Jesus, I give you thanks and I love you for these moments and we love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Come on, everybody said, 
Amen. The, the subject that I'd like to talk to us about today is, is what do you see? Or for short, SOS. Somebody say SOS. Now, the Titanic is a very famous story. In fact, probably many of you in the room have heard of the Titanic in some sort of regard, shape, or size, right? Um, in 1997, there was this uh, Hollywood feature movie made on the Titanic, and it involved these two characters. It was Jack and Rose. Who remembers Jack and Rose? Everybody's there? All right. And Jack and Rose, I mean, end of the story, they all die anyway, so I just spoiled it for you. But anyway, but not Rose, not Rose. See, in, in this movie, but there was this one particular scene in the movie where at the very front of the ship, there is Jack and Rose. And Rose stands on the very front of the boat. And she puts her arms up like this. Do you remember this story? And Jack comes around and he wraps his arms. I was going to try to maybe get us to enact it, but I'm too uncomfortable with that. But, uh, so, but you get this beautiful seat. And I'm telling you here that people around the world have reenacted this visual everywhere. Anybody want to admit in church today that you have actually enacted this uh, visual before? No? Okay. Yeah, thank you, Carl. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now, the idea is that I want to show you actually one of those scenes. I want to reenact. This is never before seen footage outside of the 9 a.m. this morning. First time released ever. But it is a beautiful picture of the Titanic scene with two amazing people. Let's take a look at this picture on the screen today. That is me in the front reenacting Unfortunately, Rose, I'm the female of the picture and of the story, and that's okay. Behind me is one of our board members, Matt Younghands. This summer, we had the chance to golf. We saw the, we saw the platform, and we were like, Titanic, let's do a picture. And so we did it. But one thing, if you look at this picture really closely, is Matt is smiling a lot. And that's really weird to me. Can you see that? But he was like right into this thing. But we've all done this thing with the Titanic as far as our understanding of the stories that are around it. In the 1890s, radio was first invented. In fact, in 1904, there was this system that was put into place called the CQ. And just moments after the CQ was formed, they added and they made it the CQD. What was, it, what was happening with the CQ is that it was calling all stations to be observant and on alert. The D was added to represent distress. What the company actually at that time that made the CQD and brought it to life was the Marconi Company. And what it became was a distress code for, for ships. This was known as what we would know in, in modern day technology today as Morse code. Have you ever heard of Morse code before, right? It was established for maritime use. In fact, the term mayday, mayday, mayday is something you have heard and it is French for the words, help me. That's what that Morse code came into be. In 1905, the Germans actually invented this um, picture that you're going to see up on the screen here. And it represented, if we can go to it, yes. It represented the three dots with the three dashes to the three dots. The Germans were trying to create something so that that communication could happen. The unfortunate part was the world was not ready to listen to the Germans at that stage. But sooner or later, everybody across the world actually adopted this idea because the CQD that once was, was adopted and turned and supplanted now into the term SOS. Somebody say, say SOS. 
So the history of this is something that you and I are all familiar with. We've heard of SOS before in the things that we do. In fact, when I ask you the question, when you hear the word SOS, what are some of the things that you begin to think of? Tell your neighbor quickly, what do you think of when you hear the word SOS? I mean, a lot of people are going to have different, different um, answers to this, but this week, I actually went to social media and I asked the question. And so social media is fun a lot of the time. And so I'm like, what do you think SOS means? And so I got some great responses back. One answer in particular said, it's when I go to Starbucks drive-thru and I get through the drive-thru and I realize they made the wrong mistake with my drink, SOS. I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. Someone talked about it in the terms of, of something that they ate out of the military. It was a meal. It was a dish that they did. Lots of different pieces around there. Now, some of us in the room here today, you will know this, and it's gonna, you're going to know this based on your age, okay? So we're going to draw a line in the sand, unfortunately, today. But, uh, you know, you're going to help me with it because some people would think of this when they come to SOS. So when you're near me, darling, can't you hear me? Okay, you could do better than that. The love you gave me, nothing else could save me. When you're gone, how can I even try to go on? All right, so all of you who are older, you know that that is ABBA. Fun fact here, fun fact. ABBA is releasing a new album after all of these years for the first time. Yes, it's going to be awesome. I don't know why I'm plugging that right now, but I'm excited to see it. Apparently, it's digitally set. It's going to be amazing. But then some of you who are a little bit younger, you're like, Abba, whatever. You started to sing Rihanna, S-O-S. And I'm not going to do any more than that because I don't want to embarrass myself. But we all kind of do these things. Some people have looked at this term S-O-S, and they've thought that it's meant things like this, save our souls or save our ship. But did you know that S-O-S is not an abbreviation for anything? It's just not. What SOS does, though, is this, is it indicates to us around the world that there is a crisis or a need for action that it requires and requests assistance, sometimes at the loss of life. Take a look at this. This is important for us today. An SOS is sounded because there is a distress call. There is a crisis somewhere, and a need for action is necessary. On that cold night, the Titanic released an SOS that when Harold Cottam responded to it, 710 people's lives were saved. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty incredible. The fact that one man, oh, he's just doing his job. Yeah, but he did his job well that night that he saved 710 different people. The point of, of that story, especially with him, is this is that somebody responded to the SOS. If no one responds to the SOS, everybody dies. It's all futile, and nothing is going to get you know, to where it needs to be. But somebody responded that night. Remember, that SOS indicates a crisis or a need for action. And what I'm calling our church towards today in the start of this new series is I'm calling you to an SOS situation. And so today I want to send out to you and I some Morse code to help us understand what is happening around us. And so if you will bear with us over these next few weeks, we're going to issue an SOS for us today. Now Jesus, he taught in these things called parables. They were stories. In fact, some of these stories were easy to follow. 
some of these stories were very frustrating for people to follow. Have you ever experienced that when it comes to reading the things of Jesus sometime? It's like, I don't know if I get that, understand that, and it's frustrating. Many of his parables were enlightening, but they were confusing. But Jesus liked to teach this way. And even his own disciples looked at him and was like, why are you teaching these things this way? And it was confusing even to those who were closest to Jesus. So be encouraged that when you struggle with certain things, even his own disciples were like, what are you doing, Jesus? But Jesus then allows them to see something. Listen, if you're in a pursuit and you want to learn, you want to be hungry, I'm going to reveal certain things and more is going to be added to you. But the flip side of that coin, in many respects too, is that I think actually Jesus explained in all of these parables so that the hearts of those who are already rejecting him would not be hardened further. Because if they didn't understand, they wouldn't dig in further. They'd walk away from it. I think Jesus is really smart with this idea of teaching us parables because he has instructed to us all that some of us are going to look, but we're not going to see. We're going to hear, but we're not going to listen nor understand. Jesus is painting a beautiful picture of what this is going to look like for humanity. Some of us today are going to see, some of us are going to hear, and some of us are not going to be able to do those things. The same sun that softens the wax is the same that the hardens the clay. And I want us to think about this when it comes to the lens of Scripture is that the gospel is going to humble hearts and the gospel is also going to harden hearts. In fact, Jesus understood that truth is not sweet music to all ears. In fact, when Jesus speaks and he begins to teach, I'm here to tell you today that it's going to be a challenge to you and I. This is what he does. So let's make sense of the SOS. Why, Sean, have you chosen this new series along the lines of SOS? It's because of this. I actually feel that in this past season, this COVID thing, has anybody heard of this COVID thing, pandemic, anything like that? Yeah. This past season, we have been shaken a little bit with the things that have been happening all around us. But when I look at this COVID season, you know what I'm seeing, actually? I'm seeing stories. I'm, I, in fact, I'm asking, is this another parable, Jesus? Is there something for us here to learn? Not just to look at, but to see a little bit further. Is there something going on that we should be paying attention to? See, what has happened across this whole entire world, this globe, for the first time in a really long time? God has kind of tilled the soil. God has taken these moments and it has disrupted the dirt that are at the base of your feet, in your life, in your spheres, the things that you do. He's come along and he's shaken the ground. And he's begun to till the soil. And that language and that imagery of tilling is something very biblical. In fact, with oxen and, and the plow, and they would run the ground and so that it would be prepared for something to happen. And I think that Jesus has kind of taken the plow to world and he has allowed that soil to be tilled up a little bit because I really believe that he is about to do something important for us. In fact, I'm even proposing to us today that maybe God is using the COVID situation as something very intentional for what he's about to do. Have you thought about that? 
perhaps not because you've been more yelling at everything going around rather than seeing that Jesus is saying, I'm about to do something new, folks. So we have to pay attention and look with these eyes of faith. See, God has stirred the soil all around us, and he has prepared it for something unique and powerful. And I'm excited, actually, for what lies ahead for us as a church because of this. God does not waste any time or situation. What we think has been lost and stolen in these last months together, can I encourage you today that God is still all about the redeeming purposes of his nature? He is about to take things that have been broken, confusing, and in disarray, and he's about to set us on a new path that is going to make sure his kingdom goes even further because I know this about the church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it, nor can COVID. God is about to do something new, and it's exciting. That's why in Matthew chapter 9, we see what Jesus did. And I love this about Jesus. It says that he goes into all these towns and he begins to preach the good news to all people. He begins to share the gospel. And it's funny, isn't it? Because I've watched in this season where, you know, especially when a lot of us at the beginning stages of COVID, we were in a panic and we were in alert. They shut down our churches. I can't go to Sunday morning anymore. What am I going to do? And I saw a picture that kind of showed the devil kind of arms crossed, kind of with a smile on his face. It's like, I shut you down, folks. And at the other part of the picture over here was God looking at this whole scene. And he's like, what are you talking about? He didn't shut down the church. I actually just went and put it into every single living room. Like, this is something we have to consider that what we think is poor, God is all about redemption. And he takes these situations and he does something more beautiful with it. I love what he is doing. So it says that he goes into these towns and he begins to speak the gospel everywhere. Jesus begins to tell people about the good news. And it goes on to say that he healed all of their disease and illness. Has anybody seen disease or illness in this last little while? All right, so I think we're good there. Have you seen anybody who is confused or helpless? All right, don't point to your neighbor right now. Not a good moment, right? But we see all of these things that Jesus did, and I have to ask the question, does this not sound familiar to you? Something written thousands of years ago, and yet here it is in front of us in 2021 that we are to go into all of the places to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the digital world in this last season. I'm thinking of those who are in, have mental illness, disease, sickness, that we have an opportunity to pray for them. It goes on to say that those are confused and helpless. Stand up, church. It is now your time to go in. This is what is in front of us today. But Jesus is asking the question, do you just look or do you see? Or do you just hear, or are you listening and understanding and doing something about it? I want us to be a church who just doesn't look at it, who just doesn't complain about it. I want us to be the church who sees and responds to the SOS that is in front of us. So let me continue with that. Jesus goes on and he makes the statement. In fact, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 9, he makes one of the most critical SOSs that you and I need to pay attention to, and it is this. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but guess what? The workers are few. Jesus issues the first SOS for our series today. He is telling us that there is a harvest of people who are ready. There is a harvest of people who are sick and dying, helpless and in need, who are confused, who are a people looking for something genuine and real. And Jesus says, guess what? They can be reached as long as the church stands up. Interesting. He then gives us another SOS. He says, so pray. 
we've been so busy complaining and mumbling that we forgot to pray? Folks, can I encourage us? Do you know that Jesus moves when we pray? When the motives of our heart are set on his heart, things happen. And Jesus is saying, hey, church, will you pray? And I love what he says, so pray, send more workers to respond. And the interesting part about this is like, I'm going to pray, and this is how I'm going to pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, God, you know, God, wake up, Pastor James. Send him. I mean, he's going to be great for the job. And God is like, wake up, Chapman. That's my last name. Wake up, Chapman. I want to send you. It says, so pray, send more workers to respond. This whole last season, we've been spending our time around 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and being Christ's ambassadors, that we are to bring reconciliation to the world, which means that we are bringing people back to God. And we've spent our time studying this and knowing this in our series, One Another, and yet today we come to this SOS, and I told you I was going to link all of these things together for us in this fall season. But what I am seeing is that there is a crisis, there is a need, and there is a call for help happening in our culture and in our world in Victoria right now. And what I'm asking is, will the church please stand up? Will the Harold Cottoms assemble themselves and step into the calling that God has for you and I today? In February of this last year, on this stage, one of our global partners, Nelson Montero, spat something out of his mouth, and it caught my attention, and it has rested my spirit ever since, and it was this, that disorientation leads to reorientation. This is a prophetic word. What do I mean by that? This is a word that Jesus is speaking to his church right now. In all of the disruption and the disorientation that has taken place, it only leads to one thing, a reorientation, which is a redemption move of God in this world. See, God is just getting started again with the things that he wants to do. As much as we've been scared, afraid, and have complained about a lot of different things, God is like, I am ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to do something in this world. Why? Because the soil has been tilled by this last season. In fact, just yesterday in our Bible reading church plan, and for the record, if you have not joined in with our Bible reading plan, you can still do that. You can jump in with us every single day. Just go to our webpage, callwoodchurch.com, get signed up, but one verse. This wasn't even in my notes until this morning. This one verse popped out yesterday, and I just want to read it over us. It's that prophetic theme of disorientation leads to reorientation. And it says this, this is God speaking, For I am about to do something new and see that I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. But God is saying, church, I'm about to do something new, and I don't want you to just look at it anymore. I want you to see it, and I want you to run after it. And SOS, somebody please respond to what I'm saying. This is exactly what is so exciting about the scriptures today because this is what Jesus has been spitting out in this parable. They look, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't listen or apply it. And Jesus is saying today, it's time, church. It's time to stand up. The SOS has been alarmed. There are people who are in crisis or who are in need, and you may be one of them. But the crisis and the invitation is happening today. So let me bring this all together. Let me put a nice bow on this present and give it to you. I have placed an acronym on the word SOS. 
for our church for this next season. This whole entire year, I'm, I'm setting a theme and a, a vision direction for us, and I'm titling it SOS. I'm calling this church to an SOS situation. I'm calling us to the Morse code that has been spat out. I'm listening to the mayday, mayday, mayday in our society, and I'm calling our church to SOS. I've spent time today in the middle of this parable, Matthew chapter 13, seven verses packed right in the middle where Jesus is actually saying something very critical to tie in what he said to what he wanted to explain. And in the middle, he's like, listen, folks, don't just look. I want you to see. Don't just hear. Listen to what I'm about to say. And Jesus has placed a a moment, I think, in front of us as a church today to respond to because of this. When the soil is prepared, something can happen. You see, when the soil is prepared, which God has been doing through COVID, something powerful is going to happen. Why? Because disorientation leads to reorientation. Why? Because God says, I'm about to do something new. I want you to perceive it. I want you to get on board with me. I want you to go with where I'm going. So Jesus is talking about this parable. And uh, to do it, he kind of shares this uh, this story about a farmer. And uh, the farmer, interestingly enough, has a task at hand. The second part of the parable talks about soil. And it talks about these different types of soil that are all around for this farmer to pay attention to. And then Jesus, in the first part of the parable, he talks about this thing called seeds. And so let me, let me get right to the punch here. Take a look on the screen because this is what the SOS stands for this year for our church family. Say it with me. Seeds on soil. One more time. Seeds on soil. So Jesus gets this little picture of a farmer. And he's like, the seed is really important. And I've got some seed here today. Because this is the visual I can't have us forget walking into this year. And seed is very important when soil has been tilled. In fact, when you apply the right amount of seed in the situations that are around us, things can begin to happen. Unfortunately, many of us take some seed in our life in just little bits. And we just we sprinkle it. Oh, how pretty and cute. I sure hope that you take in the soil. It's kind of neat, right? I think some of us with our faith, we're, we're doing this. Just a little bit of seed. And God will always do something with the seed, I really believe. Because the parable shows us that every single seed took effect. But the result of the seed was the interesting part. We're going to talk about that. But some of us, like we take this seed, and just the spoiler alert, and I'll spend more time on this next week, the seed represents the Word of God. Actually, that's what it means. is that when we scatter seed, we spread the Word of God in our lives. So I want to talk to us about that. But I think sometimes... Some of us are so limited with the seed that we're throwing out. The scriptures go on to declare to us that those who um, sow sparingly will reap sparingly. And I think some of us, we've thrown just little seed, hoping for a little bit of result. But it says that those who begin to sow generously will begin to reap generously. And this isn't about our kingdom. What this is about is that there is a world in crisis or need. Jesus has sounded the SOS. What he's looking for in his church is to start throwing some seed, but generous seed. 
to start getting into those places and spaces where I can't get to as a pastor, but you have influence in, and you can go. You see, what Jesus is asking us for today is not just this. You know what he's asking us for today? He's asking us to take some seed. And he is asking us to be generous with this seed. He is asking us to pour our lives out in this season of chaos and crisis in need. He's asking us to dig deep and to plant the word of God in a world who is desperate to see him. I don't know about you, but there is nothing in this world that makes my heart beat than to see people come to Jesus Christ. But folks, it comes down to these moments because when we are generous together with this seed, God is about to do something. Why? Because he has tilled the soil. He's made this ready. What has been confusing and lost to us, he's about to do something new. SOS is seeds on soil. The soil has been prepared. And Jesus is saying it is time, church, to throw some seed. And when we can do that in a generous way, I'm telling you that the harvest is going to be found because this is who Jesus is. Anybody want a seed shower? Will you stand with me this morning? Many of you have just looked at what I have done this morning. But I'm asking you to see what Jesus is doing. He has sounded the alarm. He has spoken an SOS over our lives. There is crisis and need. And Jesus is looking for his church to stand up, to take some seed, and to begin to throw it into the soils of this earth. And you never know what God is going to do. And the great part about this illustration is that you don't have to worry about it because that problem is not up to you. So many times we try to make it happen on our own strength and God's like, that, leave that up to me. You know what I asked you to do? Go throw some seed. So SOS, I'm asking us to see the need. I'm asking us to go throw some seed because when this grows and people come to Jesus, isn't that the mission? Isn't that the mission? Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you for my friends today. And I pray over this church right now, both in this room and online, that we would not just look, but we would see the moment that's in front of us. That the disorientation of this world, and even my own life at times, is about your reset. It's about your reorientation. You see, you're about to do a new thing, a good thing, because you don't waste space and time. Let your church stand. Help us here at Callwood Church to be those people who respond like Harold Cottom did to the SOS that was issued. Teach us, I pray today, to be the people 
you've called us to be. And help us to know that you want us to be seed throwers in this moment. Every single one of us. So Jesus, I give you thanks for who you are and what you're doing. Help us to respond to the SOS throne. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And with all eyes closed too, I'm going to ask this one more question this morning. Perhaps you're in this room today, you've never submitted your life to Jesus. Or maybe you're online and you've never submitted your life to Jesus. I'm here to tell you today that the reason we get to spread seed and throw seed in this world is because Jesus came to this earth. God saw the confusion and the helplessness of our lives and he sent his son to die on a cross, but his son rose. Jesus is alive. And this becomes our hope. Maybe you've never accepted Christ into your life before. You've never said, Jesus, I need you. That's what I want in my life. I want that freedom. I want that victory. And maybe you're in this room or online and you've never accepted Christ. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. On the count of three, if it's you and you throw up your hand in this room, I want to pray for you. So if there's anybody who'd like to accept Christ for the first time today, now's your opportunity. With no eyes looking around, just you and him. One, two, three. Is there anybody in this room today that would love to accept Christ, perhaps for the first time? Yeah, thank you. I'm going to pray for you, and you just pray in your own heart. Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me. Today, I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me, and I want to be a part of this story of spreading the seed into this world. I ask that you would come and change my life, remove the sin in me, and set my feet on that new trajectory, that new path. I invite you into who I am today. So help me to respond as well to the SOS that you have permitted me to respond to today, that my life has now been saved by you. Help me to lead other people to see you as well. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Church, we love you. We hope that this week you will go into the SOS that is in front of us. You'll start throwing some seed. And over these next number of weeks, I'm going to break down that parable a little bit further to give a little bit more clarity in how. But remember, for those of you who are members, AGM is next Sunday afternoon. And if you are not a member and you want to be a part of it, you can message the office this week and we'll send you a link and we'll get you involved. And for those of you who are looking for some just life development, Global Leadership Summit is coming up. We only have 40 spots. Make sure you check that out. If you're new to the church today, Pastor James is in the back in the Welcome Center. So please make sure you go say hi. Have a great week, church. We love you. SOS. Let's do it. Have a good week.